Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. Tell me, have you ever been so excited to launch something that you're almost giddy about it? Because that's how I feel about today's podcast episode. Ever since we recorded this, I have been over the moon excited to finally launch this and release it out into the world because I think it's going to change your life. If you clicked this podcast episode, it already means that you're pretty open-minded and something about the words spoke to you. So I already want to acknowledge you and celebrate you for being open to understanding an entire new level of menstrual awareness. My guest today that I'll introduce in just a moment is one of the most magnetic, powerful leaders that I have seen in the online space. When I first found her videos on TikTok, something sparked for me. A dear friend of mine had encouraged me to follow her on TikTok, and as soon as I watched her videos, I totally understood why she had thought of me. This woman is unapologetic and yet graceful and completely in her feminine power. She is changing the world in how she shows up and how she's changing the stigmas around menstruation. So yes, as you can guess, in this episode, we're going to talk about a lot of different things that may be outside of your comfort zone and really challenge old beliefs of yours. And I encourage you to just sit with it and receive. So we talk about menstruation, why period blood is so taboo, and how she is changing how women and men around the world view menstruation as a whole. My guest today is the queen, Jasmine Alicia Carter. We laughed hysterically in the midst of recording this episode. Sometimes in life, you get to meet someone and you just feel like they're long lost soul sisters. Well, that's how I feel about her. Okay, let me let me introduce her for you. <laughs> So Jasmine Alicia Carter is a period artist, a menstrual coach, and she's a sexual mystic devoted to empowering women to heal and reclaim their true feminine nature. What began as a journey of self-discovery, she now inspires and educates thousands of women all over the world to love and nurture their menstrual cycles. Her favorite way to express the feminine wisdom is actually drawing and painting with her menstrual blood, a sacred art that changed her life in 2016. And she is doing this all over the world. Videos of her, as you can imagine, have gone viral, and she's been featured on major online news platforms like Now This and News.com. So she's kind of a big deal. I really look forward to hearing what you take away from this episode, if it inspires something in you. And if it does, please share this episode, tag me at Menstruation Queen and Jasmine at Jasmine Alicia Carter on Instagram, and we would be so happy to celebrate you along the way. All right, let's get started. Welcome, Jasmine, to the podcast. I'm so incredibly excited to welcome you into this space. Mm, thank you so, so much for inviting me and hosting me in this super special place, Cassandra. Thank you. The pleasure really is mine. And before we even hit record, we mm. were just like laughing hysterically and um, <laughs> we're definitely Meowing. meant to be long. Yeah. <laughs> We're long lost sisters, clearly. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to talk about this this mm. very taboo but very powerful subject that you've been really transforming. Mm. Um, so you've been transforming the norm 
around menstruation and period blood over the last few years. And Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say you really disrupt people's (laughs) preconceived beliefs or their, even what uh, makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to hear what inspired you to begin this practice or how did you go from likely someone that didn't learn much about period blood to mm-hmm. being the queen of it? <laughs> wow, thank you for this. And just before answering, I really, really have this, this I really am grateful for the sharing we're having because I really feel that it's so vital and important in these times to really have these open conversations around these topics that you said are taboo because, and also my personal experience, it's so easy to take them for granted sometimes, but there are so many women and so many people out there that are in general are so lost and unbalanced and confused. So I find it really amazing to bring it out and shed light over menstruation and thank you so much for giving me the chance to like really bring my approach into this space and your mm. space which I really admire and I deeply appreciate so much mm, thank so you. <laughs> thank you and um so what inspired me um I'll just go straight to the point because it was like a before and an after and mm. I always say like I call myself a mystic, you know, because it literally happened in the most mystical way. And I began painting exceptionally with my period. It was around 2016. And I received the initiation during a plant ceremony. And it was like quite funny because the shaman who was hosting this ceremony, I clearly remember, told me that women should not participate to these plant ceremonies while they are on their periods. Mm-hmm. And I did it anyways. <laughs> I may have insisted <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> because I've always been quite a rebel. And I still think today the goddesses that I did, I did that experience. So I really wanted to depict the scenario of the whole experience because it was really quite intense. And it really has some key symbolism within the whole process. And I want to also add like a trigger warning because it it can be quite intense. But I also feel that if you want to really dive deep into what is the feminine mystery, we really need to be open also to everything that we fear. So, So this whole experience, I was just like in a dream. I was in a dream and I found myself literally like dwelling in this state of death. It was, I was in a cemetery in um, what they call Toronto ground. And I remember the sky was all red and full of dark clouds. And around me were like these skeletons and corpses. And then I literally started witnessing pieces of my flesh and my blood falling on the ground, on the earth. Mm. And the earth was literally absorbing it right beneath me. So it was all raw. It was so messy. And I also admit I was scared because I literally was feeling I was about to die. And this is actually the first reaction that we have when we see our blood for the first time, when we're not introduced into like period awareness. Like when I first had my period, I remember I was like 12 years old and I saw blood on my underwear and I was say, I literally said okay I'm about to die and my mother was there she simply said oh you became a woman now she gave me a pad and she left without sending any me anything so that 
came back into this experience I was having. And so I felt this fear. I felt again that this, this sensation I was about to die. My body was falling into pieces. My face was becoming a skull. I had no idea what was going on, where I was. But in all that, I just understood that I was like kind of witnessing death, but I wasn't really dying. And those, this was the key point. I was actually witnessing what, was, what is happening to us while we are menstruating. So it's like our inner winter phase, what they call the crone phase while we're bleeding, the death phase of our cycle right before rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. So it was so, so illuminating for me to understand that it wasn't something that was happening just inside of our vaginas, the period, but it's something that happens in our entirety as women, in our whole essence, in our minds, in our bodies, in our emotions. And you can't cut yourself off from this. So it was so beautiful. And then there's the second part of this story. So in the midst of all this, I had to go simply to the bathroom and pee. And it was so romantic. So okay, you had the little candle lights were on. And then when I took down my underwear, <laughs> when I took down my underwear and I saw the menstrual pad with the blood on it, and I was still, you know, into this, this blissful moment of like this dream state. I had literally had tears rolling through my eyes because I was looking at my blood for the first time with like devouring devotion. It was beautiful. I looked at it. It was the first time I saw it. I started to smell it. I started to touch it. And I was having this impulse to like smear my hands and like put it all over the bathroom, but a strike of rationality actually grounded me because it reminded me that it was not kind of appropriate since the bathroom wasn't mine. But in that exact moment, I knew I had to paint with it. So it just came, you know, it was just like, I had this realization. I said, okay, I have to, I really have to do something with it because art has always been my means in my life. I always studied art from when I was very, very little. Then I went to high school and then I did art in university. So art has always been a massive fundamental aspect of my, of my life. And so like, it was like a sort of me, a message for me to really take period blood in and transmit it in a beautiful way. So yeah, in this whole experience, I felt felt like the most sacred and right and important thing to do. So the next day after this experience, I just went straight back home and I painted my first ever mandala. (laughs) And it was like a homecoming. It was so Mm. beautiful. Like having spending lifetime searching for something that finally finds you. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And... Your art, can, can we just talk about that for a second, <laughs> yes. is magic. And so what inspired you to do a mandala specifically? No, mandalas, I've always had a very, very passion, a big passion for ancient symbols, ancient symbolism. I personally come from a Buddhist tradition from the principle is called Dzogchen, And so I always had these Tibetan mantras and Tibetan yantras and also tantras that revolve, my life sort of revolved around them. I've been actively practicing 
Tibetan Buddhism for the past last five years. So it's something very, very important. And uh, per se, mandalas are a representation of the universe, <laughs> are a representation of the cosmic order of things. So mm. in a sort of way, it really, it, it's also funny because mandalas in some way are like the the masculine side, the, the logic, the, the, the order and all the chaos that is femininity. So in a sort of way, through my period, which is a very feminine energy and the painting mandalas are like balancing the inner masculine and inner feminine qualities I have within myself. So this is like my artistic research and I've always been drawn to this. Wow. Mm. So you found this practice, you were mm -hmm. guided to it, you started painting, and then mm -hmm. you started to share it with the world. And I initially found you on TikTok, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't and believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I was blown away by your work and also mm -hmm. how unapologetically graceful you were, mm -hmm. even though a lot of people, obviously, were having some... Uh, <laughs> Some interesting comments and some people were very concerned by it because it was mm -hmm. so out of their norm how Absolutely. did you stay grounded and how did you stay so true to your path even though some people were very shocked by mm -hmm. your art and your practices yes yeah this is this is very interesting so um I receive a great amount of comments daily, also personal messages and like daily threats. <laughs> Along, not only that, but also like beautiful comments and women that are extremely inspired. So it's quite illuminating for me. Also like, like personal development in a sort of way to, to deal with all these people every day because I see the whole spectrum of emotions. I see the whole spectrum of the conditioning and how people really, all the nuances and shades of, of different people of how they relate to period, you know? So you, I really see how the conditioning is so, so, so deep in so many ways. And um, so I will just say that my calmness, my grounding, it really comes from the fact that I've been okay, exposing my work for many years now. So I'm quite used to this backlash, I could say, but at a deeper level, mm, I must say that I learned to like recognize the specific flavor that conditioning has on people because it's like literally listening to a broken record every time they all say the same things. And I know that it's because they don't know any better because it was the same for me. I had to really go and look for all the information on my own. And we were raised in a certain way since we were born. And since we are kids, we are taught that menstruation is dirty, menstruation is toxic, it's hygienic, and it's something to get rid of as soon as possible. Like, like literally, you don't even look at it on the pad. That, that, that was the, the, the miracle that happened. It was that I was looking at it for the first time after how many years that I had my period blood. You know, I just looked at it for the first time for what it was and not for what the conditioning told me to. So it's like something that we have to get rid of as soon as possible. And it's like the most common comment came from like Muslims. And they told me that evil monsters will come and get you at night and suck your blood while you're on your period. 
So there, there's like this collective wow. memory that we share as women where you can like burn in hell because you're a woman or you have your period. You can even be stoned to death. So it's, it's quite intense. It is literally quite intense. So I learned to recognize this kind of flavor in people. And I do believe that we need a lot of compassion. This is the world we live in. It's a world that is basically based on fear. And I do believe that fear gives us an identity. It gives us comfort. It gives us like reassurance that we know, but we know it's confined. And what we don't know is like something that we have to keep away. So basically I just learn to see people in time as my children. I do have a child of my own and I always see, you know, and when he's like afraid, he, he needs to be reassured. He needs to be like held into his, into my arms. So I see these people in the same way. I, I learn to see people as my children and children just want one thing. They want love and they want our compassion. They want our attention. So mm. this is basically also my, it's a way also for me to learn how to open my heart even more. And I believe that compassion is the most beautiful aspect of a humans that we have. It's our capacity to really sit with discomfort, with the discomfort of someone else and truly feel what they feel. So I learned to literally feel into the hateful comment of that person. And I just feel it because I say, yes, I understand. I feel that fear as it were my own because it is true, you know? Yeah. I can't pretend that it's not something that is not related to me. It's something that really touches me in, in deep, deep, deep spaces in my heart. So I just give answers according to what could be useful for them to hear in that moment. And of course, for those who are too far out and I know that I can't do anything, I, I just simply ignore, but... It's always in my field of compassion, you know? It's always part of a bigger prayer. Mm. But for those who, who can understand, I always, like, take a chance. And sometimes I find that people open their minds and they find themselves actually appreciating my work. And eventually they learn to love their periods. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Graceful is still, I think, the perfect word for you mm. and thank that you. really really touched me what you just said thank you oh, thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> and you touched on the idea that a lot of people do think period blood or menstrual blood is, is very dirty it's gross or it's not sanitary mm -hmm. and in that moment when you were in the bathroom and saw your blood in that new light mm -hmm. you saw it in a completely new light so why do you think period blood is so stigmatized. Why is it associated as such a bad thing? Ah, well, <laughs> this is a big, big, big point. And um, so over the centuries, like centuries and centuries, there are all kinds of taboos and myths have been surrounding menstruation. And to really come to understand, this is a question I ask myself very, a lot of times and also an argument of discussion with my beloved sometimes just to understand why it really happened from the beginning. In my opinion, it just remains a mystery, but I have done my research at the time and I found so many different stories, like, like in ancient Greek, Greek 
Greece. Um, they believe that if a girl's menarche was late, like blood will literally accumulate around her heart and that would produce in her like erratic behaviors. And yeah. what shocked me even more was that in right into the like 20th century, any inappropriate behavior or like poor mental health in women was called hysteria. And hysteria is the Greek word for uterus. So no. that, <laughs> yes, that was like mind blowing. Oh. That is so like, it hit me so hard. I was like, damn, like still today, the, the removal of the uterus in medicine, what is it called? Hirisoctomy. Yep. So it's like, can you imagine? It's like they are saying that you're removing the hysteria from a woman and that is her uterus. Hello. I mean, wow. So it's Ugh. very, very, very deep. And always this Greek philosopher, we're talking about like 100 before Christ or something like that. I remember that it, they were saying like menstruating women who walked down in the crops would like kill all the vegetation, would kill all the animals would like kill all the food. So it's and all over the world. You have so many cultures that still teach women, um, women who menstruate that they have to like bathe separately from their families. They're forbidden to cook, to meet their friends or even, even share their beds with the husband while you're on your period. And this is still happening today. Wow. And also it, just, it makes you, Yes. It just makes you wonder how we went from the times of the red tent and it being beautiful to this. Yes. Yes. It's so, so weird to believe that. Of course, there the were those those um, times in which the women were revered, these matriarchal lineages where the women were revered. And they, the, when they were on their periods, it was the moment in which they were having these incredible massive downloads for the whole village so it was considered to be a highly highly spiritual and important moment for the collective but these these tribes were extremely rare like really 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 rare and so the other the other side the darker side we could say of of this coin of the light was was more frequent was emerging faster in sort of way, these patriarchal views, the fact that men couldn't understand women, who are these people, who are these souls that are bleeding for seven days and don't die, you know? It was the mystery. It was something that is not comprehensible. So in a sort of way, it's better to just, it's too far out of my comfort zone, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are all these sorts of beliefs and stories that really condemn menstruation and therefore stigmatize it. And these over time has been really crystallized in our DNA, like crystallize. Mm -hmm. And I, what I also think is that women who like experience menstruation the way I experience it today, <laughs> they become somewhat dangerous. Uh, dangerous in the meaning that they become so powerful because yes. they are so wild and untamable, you know? So like they be literally become a wild tiger and you don't have no idea what they are, what they will do, what they have in their minds. <laughs> they are so mysterious. 
they're so free and so magnetic, you know? So they will really make you question everything, all your life and literally your existence. So this is not what society wants from us. Right. It wants to dominate us. It wants to control us. So this power is literally going against all norms. So it's just mm-hmm. better to pretend it doesn't exist and think it's disgusting and whatnot to, to like to avoid a potential chaos that could happen yeah. and every single woman could actually embrace her period. Because right. it's just when too much that. it's just too much for the world to bear. <laughs> right. Can you imagine it would be an absolute rebirth in the world? <sighs> My goodness, yes. Wow. I, I believe that one day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll continue praying and calling that in. Absolutely. So needed. Yeah. Ugh, so needed. I had never heard uh, the correlation between hysteria and the uterus. So that just mm-hmm. blew my mind and infuriated me all at the same yes. time. Yes. All of a sudden, it just like <laughs> happens. They're like, why? Uh, why? Yeah. Why so much shame? Why do we? Why? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all those whys. And so you paint with this blood and reclaim that part of your DNA. And I'm sure a lot of de-armoring around shame and guilt and sexuality all like peeled away from from this wound Mm -hmm. for you. So if a woman wanted to take part of this practice, how do you think that creates healing? Or Mm -hmm. what is the power really to this practice? Absolutely. Like, as I mentioned, like women become so, so powerful because I do believe that reclaiming your art, not only through reclaiming the blood, not only through art, but in general, like embracing your blood somehow makes us sort of alchemists because we are able to transform, okay, transform what our conditionings, what our emotions visions, whatever, like transform something into something else. In this case, like transforming your blood into something beautiful, something healing. And this is a very, very magical process. And I really think that it helps a woman connect with her inherent power, like come back to that place, come back to what is called home. So like, for example, just to give you an example, when I drew my first own self-portrait, and this is something that, um, what's his name again? I have to find, uh, it's not Jung, Jorodowski. I don't remember. I don't know how you pronounce his name correctly. Mm. Jorodowski, I think. So it, it comes from, he, he always advised women to paint their, their faces with their period blood, something that came from a man. So that is quite interesting, right? That's very beautiful. But so I I did that for the first time. And that same night that I drew myself, I dreamt of literally making love to myself. So there were Mm. like two jasmines, one in front of the other. (laughs) I was one of these two and I was looking at the other like, oh my God, you are me. What are you, what's going on? (laughs) And then the other jasmine just came on me and, you know, we made love. (laughs) And I woke up so, so refreshed. I felt so nurtured and ecstatic. It was amazing, you know? And when I woke up, I was like, wow. I mean, just drawing my face with my blood, I just like deepened self-love for myself. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And at the same time, though, I want to put like a disclaimer because... (laughs) 
um, self-love or love in general sometimes isn't doesn't come in a such a polished and refined way because I want to like put a highlight on menstruation. Menstruation is the is the time in which a part of us is dying. Okay, just like the vision I had and all that 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 process, that initiation. We are just literally getting rid of everything that is not serving us, and we are welcoming truth in that sense. And truth sometimes can be messy and. Another example I want to bring is that I have a sister who shared with me that the day after that she made her first ever menstrual painting, her life like completely changed drastically. Like her husband uh, plainly admitted that he, he betrayed her many years back. And, and then they left each other and she had to like let go of that relationship that lasted nine years. And then she also had to like bring herself back up from the ashes. So it was like really painful for her. But this time, you know, it was a new, it was, she could finally, you know, meet herself in her true power and her true, in the truth. Mm -hmm. So menstrual blood in that sense is extremely powerful. And I always invite women also to inquire what is really that you want to let go of, you know, when you reclaim your power, you have to really embrace the whole spectrum of life. And that's why I underline that death is an inevitable part of this existence. And us as women, every month we have the opportunity to go there, to go in that space. But we have to be willing to, to tap in and harness that energy. But when we do it, ugh, I mean, life usually begins or it's lived at its fullest, you know. Yes. So this is how I really believe that woman who comes back to her blood really becomes so, so, so powerful. Ooh, I have chills <laughs> with what you just said. Yes. And I love that you highlighted that truth and healing isn't like frolicking mm. in the forest, like picking daisies. It's, it's <laughs> no. messy and it's raw and there will yes. be a lot of moments of death. But Absolutely. that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. That is exactly the beauty of it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have me like 100% ready <laughs> to paint. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to know the how-to. Okay. <laughs> so since you're ready. Okay. So first of all, you need to collect it. <laughs> so also on my social medias, when people see my paintings, they're like, how on earth do you even collect it? And I'm so mm -hmm. like, surprised that even today after so many years that menstrual cups are available you know they don't teach these things at school i have teenagers coming to me how on the earth do you collect i mean why don't you teach these teenagers that there are so many options available for dealing with your menstruation mm -hmm. so yeah whatever so um use a menstrual cup <laughs> you do that with a <laughs> menstrual cup i actually sell an amazing design in my shop and that it's extremely ergonomic. So it's like extremely comfortable and you can collect the blood with this menstrual cup and store it simply in a vase, uh, preferably with a lid for conservation. And many women I know that are not comfortable in using a menstrual cup. So if this is the case, you can either like place the vase 
underneath the vagina and wait that the blood pours out. Or what I did when I was without, I didn't have a vase or I didn't have a moon cup at the time, I would just like squeeze it out from an organic cotton menstrual pad. But it has to be organic mm-hmm. cotton, please. Yeah. <laughs> Do not squeeze it from an industrial pad because industrial pads are extremely filled with nasties that go compromise our normal bacteria, but also the blood. And it's what gives it odor and it's really not pleasant. So it has to be mm-hmm. organic cotton. And after you've collected your blood and you want to you want to conserve it, unless you're like using it straight away, you have your piece of paper in front of you, you can just like begin your painting. We'll see maybe in what way we can begin. But um, I want to highlight the conservation because many women, you know, are like, oh my God, but will it start to like be older or will it start to stink? How to do just keep it in the fridge, keep it in the Mm. fridge directly. You can keep it up to 10 days I've seen. So that's a long time. Or you can even keep it in the freezer if you like intend to use it again in the future. But personally, I do advise to like use it for the painting in the, in the menstrual phase that you're in, because you're actually at the highest peak of your creativity in that moment. You're like highly receptive and highly insightful. So those seven days, I do believe you can use your blood for those seven days. And then when you're finished, you just simply dilute it with some water and give it to the plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> you can use a brush. You can use your fingers. I prefer smooth paper or like mm-hmm. watercolor paper. If you like experiment doing shades or you like to go into details, just like really, really express your your artistic nuances, but this is basically what you need to do and what you need to know on how to actually begin with menstrual blood painting. Wow, it's a lot simpler than, I don't know, in my mind I had built it up to be like a really elaborate (laughs) process. No, it's just so simple. (laughs) Uh, This sounds so healing. And so Mm. when you are painting, Mm -hmm. what kind of uh, ritual or... Or I I guess, what are you doing to really be ready to honor the Mm -hmm. practice that you're doing? Yes, this is, ah, I love this. So um, what I love, what I really love to do before I began a painting is really to connect with my warm space. So literally taking a moment of stillness and of contemplations, last meditation in front of the paper in front of the paper that I I said, okay, I want to paint on. Mm -hmm. And that is a moment in which I really like tune in and feel what wants to be channeled through me. So it's so magical because I have so many women coming to me and asking me, but how can I paint? I'm not, I'm not as good as you. And I'm just like, this is like nonsense because you (laughs) truly have that intuition within you. And it's not that I'm painting something. It's something that is being painted through me. It's always like that. Because literally, if you just take a moment to stare at the blank paper and you just like get rid of all those ideas of what do I have to do, what I want to paint, what I want to do, blah, 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 blah. Just like soften with your breath, connect with your warm space, keeping your hands in the warm, and you just stare at the paper. Literally, you will see the drawing manifesting. And you're just like 
drawing on the lines that you already see. This is what happens with me and so many other women that I taught this technique. They always state the same. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like so obvious, you know? And this is extremely feminine, you know, to, to come back to that intuition, come back to that inner knowing. Hmm? So it's so beautiful. And mm. so just take this moment of stillness and then you will see that usually you tend to channel what happened in the past month because our periods that last, you know, to 12, 28 to 33 days, more or less. In that month, we go like through our own life circumstances. We are going through our own emotions or our own stories. So through menstruation phase is the moment in which we can like really capture the sort of, how you can say, the, the sentiment, the underlying sentiment or, or message or insight that comes through that past month you went through. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. So I literally have messages, you know, there was this month I remember I think it was last year in which I was really working hardcore on my masculine. And like out of the blue during menstruation phase, I just felt I wanted to draw this mandala and it was full of um, masculine salmon, you know, like <laughs> And I, and I thought, I said, why am I painting this? And then I thought, I said, oh my God, this was the month in which I was like really working on my father's issues, you know? So, mm. so, so I was like, wow, you know, and you can literally, literally see what's going on within you in the past cycle, you know? So it's something that wants to just come out from that phase and it's yeah. different every time. So all coming back to the, take that moment, tune in the warm and ask what wants to be channeled through you. And this is like the key for this kind of practice. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. That's really it. You know, I keep it very essential. I don't need to light candles and put incense and do it. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> just stay in front of the paper and just tune in. And wow, it's like magic manifesting by itself. Mm -hmm. Just be mm -hmm. present. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I think I'm on day 21 right now, so Ooh. I'm even more excited <laughs> for my beautiful moon time. Yes. I can't wait. Please try. Oh. And when you do, please send it to me. <laughs> I will. I will. Yes. Because it's it's funny as you were saying all of that, I, I noticed my masculine part of myself step in to think like, well, maybe you should trace a mandala and then paint over that. And mm -hmm. then hearing you speak, I was like, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, in the beginning. I mean, of course, everyone has their own artistic expression. And sometimes I find also myself to like, I just visualize the mandala, but I, I need it to be precise because maybe I, I do it very big scale. So I, mm -hmm. I use the compass and I use rulers and I, and I use what it needs to be to become perfect. But in the beginning, for the first like two years I've been painting, they were all freehand. And they were really, really, really like precise, I could say. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I watch them and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> that's incredible. So yeah. yes. Wow. Mm. I'm so excited. Me, me too. <laughs> we, we kind of already touched on this, but mm. what would it feel like, do you think, if more women mm. or all cyclical beings understood how powerful their womb and their cycle really is? How would the world transform? 
<laughs> this this question is already making me cry. <laughs> oh, this is so sweet. So yeah, um, on this note, I have I will share a quote that I personally love and I believe answers perfectly this question. And it goes, um, when women remember to return their blood to the earth, men will remember to cry and will no longer need to spill blood in war. So you got me crying. <laughs> this is like <laughs> so deep. It's so perfect. I, this is really what I believe would happen because when women remember of their essence of their cycles, of their blood, of their sexuality, of their, of the immense power that lies within their vaginas, their wombs, their yonis. They, when they really like free themselves from all the limitations and conditionings that cage us, cage the women to manifesting their true nature, I really believe that we would return to a collective condition of heaven on earth. Yes, Sid. Yes. 100%. And I think we will see that. I really hope in our lifetime yes. we will see it. You know, like in Buddhism, in Buddhism we say that you, you take this vote, the vote of bodhicitta, it's called. And when you do bodhicitta, you vow to always be present until all people, all sentient beings, so not only humans, but all animals, all, all the realms ghosts, whatever, everyone has to be illuminated. And until that happens, you will continue to reincarnate and reincarnate to come back here to bring these teachings until everyone will be illuminated. So it's like in your heart, you may know that it's impossible, <laughs> but it's like there's this seed that at the same time will always have that deep desire and trust that it will happen. So it's this dance, you know, between I will continue to hope this, even if a part of me knows that it will last eternity, but mm. we are eternal. So it's the never ending mm. dance. <laughs> you speak like poetry. <laughs> like, like you said, it's an eternal, mm -hmm. an eternal lesson. And yet yeah. we're eternal beings. And so it is, like you said, a dance. It's a trust. Yes. Yeah. And so it is. <laughs> so it is. Wow. Yes, sister. <sighs> mm. I feel so at peace and so grounded and so like teary eyed <laughs> right now from this conversation. So, so nourished. Mm. So if people want to connect with you, learn more about your art and also your menstrual cup brand, where can they connect with you? Oh, so for now, I am mostly active on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> on social media where I do believe I share a lot of valuable content. And I have many women that tell me on the daily that only following me here, they have learned so much about themselves. So I just like chat through all my social media. I also have a Patreon membership active where I share a lot of practical tools to learn how to embrace your menstrual cycle, but also how to work with sexual energy and mm -hmm. really how to embrace the full spectrum of our femininity and 
how to live a fully empowered life. Um, all this until, you know, I create a proper website <laughs> because I'm still <laughs> currently in the making of creating an online course with all the knowledge that I gathered until now, but it's like proceeding very slowly because I'm also a mother of a child yeah. who has a whole lot of energy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yes, you can find me there. And I also have an Etsy shop where I sell the menstrual cups. I sell also Yoni eggs and Yoni wands. That These are all beautiful tools that we have available to really harmonize our cycles, actually come back to our warm wisdom and learn and connect more with our temple and release so many conditionings and shamings and there's a lot. So these are my major, my major things, my major channels. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes. So be sure to follow her on Instagram. It, as others have said, it's like a dose of divine feminine wisdom every single day. And I really look forward to trying your cup because I really like as you said, the, the shape is very different. So it sounds just a lot more yeah. supportive for the body and maybe less chromatic on the cervix as well. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It is. It has this sinuous shape that really resembles the, the, the inside of the vagina. So I've, I'm super happy about the invention of menstruation cups and they really changed my whole experience with period. But in a sort of way, the form, the shape that it had was always bumping on my cervix, so hurting me a little bit, or there was the stem poking. So there was always something that was bringing me a little bit of discomfort. Mm -hmm. But then I met these menstrual cups and like they changed everything. They're like perfect. And I'm like, oh, super happy. And I said, I have to share this with the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. And that brand <laughs> is called Sacris, right? Yes. Yes. My brand is called Sacris. Amazing. So be sure to check all that out in the show notes. I'm so in awe of you, Jasmine, and I'm, I feel so grateful to know that now I can call you my sister and a friend. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much, all Cassandra. Right. Really. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Be sure to follow both Jasmine and I on Instagram, and we look forward to hearing your feedback. And if you feel inspired to paint with your blood, if so, we want to see it. <laughs> send it yes, to us. Definitely send it to us. <laughs> and we will celebrate with you. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.